25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. We're back. You notice how I have to barely put the headphones on and set it all the way on? That's because of Jake. Because Jake can't hear a dadgum thing. I wonder if Chris brings his own headphones in here. What, is, what, is, what do you think? Now Chris uses the community headphones. Does he? Yeah. I like the community ones because I don't have to bring anything. Just right. put them on. Yeah. All right. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. As I've said before many, many times, another reminder now, go (laughs) with the home team. Uh, You can be a part of the show. There you go. (laughs) I heard myself. I'm slow, but I'm there. I heard myself. Will, what's up to you? Will says what's up on Facebook. Rodney, what up, man? Glad that we've got the Facebook stream up and going. We'll try to, here we go, fingers crossed. Now, I'm going to do a favor for the homecoming queen. She likes to watch these. She's working and kind of busy today. But look, the uh, homecoming queen did not like the fact that last time, that last time I was here, that you could see this right over my shoulder. That is a bottle of ketchup. She did not like the fact that it could be seen on my stream, and so I'm moving it for you, babe. Is it off cam now? It's off cam now. All right. Uh, you can be a part of the show, as always. Lots of ways to do that. Hit me up on the Divinity Equipment phone line. It is 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Also, you can text the show, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. Or eight eight five three seven seven six. That also is a six zero one number. I'll keep an eye on your Facebook comments. I'll take a look at Twitter as well at Radio Wyatt. That's me. Uh, and so lots of ways. First up, phone line Jim. In it says on the screen. It says it right here. Stark Vegas. Jim, what happens in Stark Vegas stays in Stark Vegas. What's up, man? <laughs> I'm good. I'm actually traveling through Stark for today. I uh, just wanted to say thank you for mentioning the state golf course. I just dropped by and made a few purchases. I got some great stuff in there. So I just wanted to say thanks for telling us about it because I would have never, never known or stopped by. Well, I'm glad to tell you, and I'm wearing right now, Jim, my white uh, strap-in-the-back hat. Uh, it's very lightweight, by the way. It's a white hat. From the Mississippi State Golf Course with the baseball M over S logo on the front. 
for those fall whiteout games. Yeah, it's perfect for the whiteout games and if you like the baseball logo. So just for everybody who's watching on Facebook, what Jim's talking about is I'm, I'm wearing these hats now that you can only get some of these from the Mississippi State University Golf Course. On Twitter, they are at Hale State GC. Thanks for the plug, Jim. My man went to the golf course and got himself a hat. And I didn't know he was going to do that. Now, the only reason that I'm turning it, well, it's really dual purpose. Oh, I just noticed that's an Adidas hat. It's an Adidas hat, right? Uh-huh. See? Okay. Let me square that up there. Name brand stuff. Yeah. Well, look, here's the thing. I would wear it around the other way, but I can't because of this. Because of this whole apparatus, which, you know, it is what it is. Well, mine's so, still off, so I'm, I got lucky. Somebody put yours back on. Yeah, somebody put That's probably Jake. Yeah. He wanted it to be seen. I don't, I don't blame him. Uh, let's see here. On Facebook, Matt says, I just wanted to say thanks for going live on Facebook so the out-of-towners can listen. You can also listen on your phone out of town at thezone1059.com. Just pull it up on your browser right there. Click play, and you'll be listening to whatever's happening on the air. Hello to uh, LS. I don't know if that, maybe that's how I pronounce that. And Junior wants to know, are we getting close to a uh, to getting a defensive coordinator? Getting close? Yes. How close? I don't know, and I can't give you really any specifics because I don't have them. If you do remember, yesterday we had um, John Cohen on the show, and uh, he told us that at that time that we talked to him, that Mike Leach was at that moment, this time yesterday, exactly 24 hours ago, in a face-to-face meeting with a defensive uh, coordinator candidate. Um, Roger, I am typing a number in here for you. And it's for Bart Gregory. And we'll see if we can get Bart on the phone. Bart is traveling in this rain. If if his, And Bart, if you're listening, don't answer if it's dangerous, man. I don't, as bad as the roads have been and that kind of thing, don't answer if it's dangerous. But I'd love to talk to Bart if we can. A, a neat thing, Bart won... Um, a recognition for the broadcaster of the year in the state of Mississippi yesterday. And I'm going to see if I can bring this up, but it's the national sports media association. And they announced the award winners across the country. And, um, yeah, national awards and you've got state awards and for the state of Mississippi, your broadcaster of the year, the Mississippi Broadcaster of the Year, according to the National Sports Media Association, is Bart Gregory, Mississippi State Bulldog Sports Properties, Learfield IMG College, SEC Network. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. That's where they go to Georgia and get their... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Rob J. was telling yeah, us about that's this. that's pretty cool. He, he really enjoyed it. Rob got to go. Yeah. Uh, I remember him telling us about it. And then I'm looking at the website here. It says that the Mississippi Sports Writer of the Year is Rick Cleveland, syndicated columnist, and listen there as uh, Jackson. Anyway, I wanted to talk to Bart about that, but also about baseball and a little bit about Mike Leach and everything. And Bart's kind enough to join us right now on the Divinity Equipment phone. Bart, I hope the roads are safe enough for you to be talking to me right now because it was rough when I was traveling them earlier. What's up? Well, it's raining, and I'm pulled over in the Dollar General parking lot on the uh, road to Morton on Highway 25. Okay. Very glamorous. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, this is what it's all about right here. <laughs> so, anyway, I may, I may take a, I may take a, uh, a side show through a Ludlow and, uh, and make my way through Pisgah and uh, head to Jackson. So, let me get this straight. The Mississippi Sportscaster of the Year is on, oh. is on my show, pulled over in a Dollar General parking lot just so that he can be on my show. I'm, I'm really honored. Yeah, I'm going to go in there and get some Doritos. Or something <laughs> <in it. So. laughs> That's great. Well, uh, hey, first of all, tip of the cap, I told our listeners just now about this, the National Sports Media Association Mississippi Sportscaster of the Year. You're the winner for 2020. How'd you find out about this? Well, I got, I got the call um, a week or, week or so ago, and hey, you know, uh, you want to say the right things. Hey, I'm humbled. You know, this is a great uh, this this is a great deal. And you know, what's taking so long? That's the whole thing I ask. You know, what's what's taking? <laughs> no, I'm joking. But the, it's a uh, you know, Jack Crystal told me a long time ago, and you know, the, the awards are great, man. And I, I this is this is phenomenal. But, uh, you know, you take people who compliment you and people who, you know, drag you through the mud, uh, you know, very similar. Um, you, you say thank you, and you go about it and work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's just what you do. Um, you know, the, the, the thing about it is realizing how long you've been broadcasting. What I've kind of put some thought into is, is how long you've been broadcasting, whether it be on top of a coach's office in Louisville at the five-yard line doing it high school football game or you know doing a you know a Louisville high school football game or an Illinois football game and the, you know, the time away from home or you know just you know, doing things that, that that weren't comfortable we get to we get to broadcast in these cathedrals now and you know there's a, there's a lot of guys out there that on Friday nights that are you know broadcasting in the rain and hey we've all been there and done that you've done it as well and mm-hmm. so uh, that's that's what kind of makes it special yeah well, congratulations. Hey, and, I appreciate and, that. And speaking of broadcasting, uh, this morning early, Bart, uh, I got up, I drove to start. Well, I had a chance to, this morning, uh, grab a quick interview with uh, Chris Lamonis, uh, saving that for later, but, you know, kind of uh, around the idea that here we are a month away from college baseball starting. So I guess that's the next broadcast for you, right, will be the next, the first baseball game. Yeah, well, actually, I have women's basketball Thursday okay. night, uh, State and LSU. And so uh, I think we've got one more of those, I think Auburn, later okay. in the month. But, uh, yeah, but baseball's right on the horizon, like I said, a month of, month from today. And, you know, there's a lot of excitement. Now, how, you know, there wasn't a better way to open up a new stadium than what we had last year. You had a great product on the field. You had great atmospheres. Um you know, that's, that's that's the thing. We had a great product to broadcast last year. Mm-hmm. And so how do you follow that up? And, you know, this team definitely has some pieces to the puzzle that, that could be really special. Is it, for state baseball this year, Bart, is it a deal of youth, talented youth, versus the experience you've had the benefit of the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, you've got some – you know, you may have some transfers in there. You may have some older guys that, um, you know, they're stepping into some new roles and, but you do have those cornerstones. You do look in your lineup and you see, you know, three guys, four guys that are going to be really special. And that's the thing about college baseball. I mean, when when you start looking at guys like a Jake Mangum last year, okay, what does that do? It affects the way you pitch to a lineup, two and three batters before you get to Jake Mangum, mm-hmm. and, and then you have Westberg behind him and Tanner Allen and you know Foskey and Elijah McNamee last year. So I mean. Uh, 
it's, it's about making pitchers uncomfortable even before guys come to the plate. And that's the thing this year is, is how does the bottom half of the order, how do they play? I mean, last year you had Marshall Gilbert batting in the ninth spot in the order, and he was hitting home runs, and, and he really caught fire late in the year. Rowdy Jordan at the bottom of the order. You had the Dustin Skelton. Those guys got good pitches because pitchers knew what they had to deal with at the top of the order. Now, and, and that's why that team offensively was so good last year. Now, they had some great strengths from one to five, don't get me wrong. But knowing what you had to contend with as a pitcher, I'm not going to walk you know, eight, uh, six through nine. I'm going to have to pitch to those guys, and those guys hit it well. So now the question becomes is who's your six through nine batters and how do they set the table for the top of the order? That's it. Bart Gregory on your radio. It was funny. I think he. I think he's given the same line to everybody, but I've talked to Coach Lamonis and I asked him about pitching. You, you know, and I, I said, well, I won't um, go ahead and say, hey, who's your Sunday starter? But, you know, how's it going? <laughs> he goes, well, and then he kind of cracked a smile. He goes, JT Ginn's going to start for us on Friday nights. <laughs> and we <laughs> chuckled because I said, oh, really? As if we were breaking news, but you know, how nice is it to kind of know that that, at least that part of your rotation is settled? Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, you're going to have to have a horse out there on Friday. And, and the thing that, you know, that a lot of fans didn't get to see last year and kind of what we saw behind the scenes is how good Christian McLeod could be, a big left-hander. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was out last year, had some sickness early in the season and injuries throughout the year. And, I mean, he's going to be thrust into that, you know, thrust into the weekend starter role. Yeah, you know, the question is, is who do you replace, you know, on the back end? You know, what do you, you know, you've got some quality innings out of Cole Gordon and some guys out of the bullpen last year and in the past two years out of the bullpen. And that's kind of been a big key for this team. And, you know, who's that guy? Who's going to be that guy that comes in in the fifth inning and gets you to the eighth? Yeah. And who's going to be the guy that can slam the door in the ninth? Um, that, that's, those are questions to be answered. The positive is, is you feel like you've got a roster full of guys who have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. That's right. And some young ones certainly, but but also some of that talent you're just kind of moving around, right? Like Rowdy Jordan goes to center field; and he'll try to bat lead off. You still got Westberg out there at shortstop. Who Bart? I remember what I guess it was before last season when Coach Lamonis told us, very matter of fact, he said Jordan Westberg's got a chance to play Major League Baseball, be a Major League shortstop for a long time. And you know, and you think really, and then he, then you start watching him run the bases, and 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 the thing that a lot of people are wondering this year, do you agree for Westberg is like, could he make a Brent Rooker type of jump to that third year? Because the belief is he may have the ability to do it. Oh no doubt. I mean no doubt. And I think a lot of that once again goes along with who's batting around you and what kind of seasons they're having. I mean, you look at Rooker, and I'm not taking anything away from Brent because he was phenomenal in that 16th season. Mm-hmm. But you look at some of the guys that was that were hitting around him, it kind of just it adds to what you can do. But, you know, going into last year, we thought of Jordan Westberg as a third baseman because that's all, you know, all we've seen him play. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he goes out to shortstop, and you're like, wow, this this big kid can move. I mean, this guy can be a cornerstone for it in the infield. You know, the question is, is what do you do at third base? What do you do at second base? Foscue. I thought one of the biggest moves last year for Chris Lamonis was moving Foscue from third base to second base and just saying, hey, you know what? We're really not getting the production we want out of the second base position. We're going to move a guy over there that we know can get it done. And Foscue was able to do that. Now, 
Does he stay at second? Does he move back over to third where he's a little bit more comfortable? Um, moving Tanner Allen, do you move him out to the outfield? He practiced a lot in the fall out in the outfield. So you may see some guys in some different, you know, some different situations in different places. But, uh, you know, Westburg, you at least know you've got that cornerstone in the middle of the infield. Here's a question from our biggest Mississippi State baseball fan who listens to the show, Bart. If you're just tuning in, Bart Gregory on your radio. It's Jay listening in Baltimore, Maryland, and he says, please ask Bart about the challenge of Rowdy Jordan moving from left field to center field and the mindset then of hitting leadoff versus farther down in the lineup. Like just handling all this change for Rowdy. Well, you've got to you've got to be the alpha male. I mean, you've got to be the big dog out there, and I, I think that's when you look at guys who have played that position in center field, you know, for Mississippi State for so long and have been successful. I mean, you look back at a Jody Hurst in the '80s, a Dan Van Cleve, and I mean, just it all morphs into what you want as a center fielder, and that's a guy that's taking charge. Mm-hmm. And you also look at a guy that has a lot of confidence at the top of the order. You have a mindset of I'm going to set the table and I'm going to get it done. I mean, I think back to Jake Mangum. They were telling the story late last year about, you know, that it was late in the season. Uh, they were bringing a, a pitcher in, and Chris Lamontis got everybody together in the dugout. And, and he says, guys, the reason you come to the league is to face a reliever like that. And I don't know who we were playing, whether it be Ford or somebody else. And Jake Mangum says, no, coach, you got it wrong. The reason that guy came to the SEC is to pitch against me. <laughs> I mean, you've got to have you've got to have a mentality at the top of the order of uh, I'm about to get on base mm-hmm. any way possible. And so, I mean, it's a little, it's all mental. It's, it's a mentality standpoint of, you know, being at the top of the order than being at five and six in the order. And it's, that, that's the big key is realizing I've got to get on base any way possible. Bart Gregory on your radio, a little baseball talk with him. And uh, Hey, before I turn you loose, Bart real quick, um, swing your sword, man. You ready? You ready for for Leach and for the and get it like an eye patch for the pregame show? Man, I tell you what, how awesome is this? I mean, this guy, hey, he's better in a he's better with two or three guys just talking, and I mean, you can just have a great conversation with him mm-hmm. about anything. I mean, yeah. and that's what's that's what's phenomenal. Hey, I got a question for you, Matt. How in the world are we going to get college football similar to the NFL? Last night, the game started at seven fifteen, <laughs> and it was over at like. Eleven forty-five. I know. How are we going to get to three hours and fifteen minutes? I mean, how how do you do? You just adopt the NFL rules? Yeah. I haven't. I don't know if you've talked about this yet or not. But I mean, I'm just going to say, <laughs> I love college football. Everybody that listens to your show probably loves college football. But somehow, some way, we got to figure out ways of getting games to last under four hours and four and a half hours on CBS games on Saturday afternoon. Well, I totally agree with you. But I will say, let's just. Prepare us. Bart, go ahead and block out some time next fall because you're going to be covering a team that's going to throw it about 45 times a game, okay? Because, Heck yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the answer to get shorter, shorter is just yet. I do know this. Last night at the end of the third quarter, I told my wife, I'm going to bed. I can't take it anymore. And she was genuinely I- mad at me because I couldn't and wouldn't stay up and watch the rest of it because she likes the pageantry of like the trophy presentation and the confetti. Yep. I hate all that stuff, and I hate I, I blowouts, checked, too. I checked, 
I know I checked ESPN at one thirty this morning when I woke up because <laughs> I went to I went to bed in the middle of the third quarter last night. I mean, I just can't I couldn't take it anymore. I, I mean, either. I love college football, but I just I just couldn't take it. Well, think about so, people on the East Coast. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just it is ridiculous. I don't know what we. Well, that's do. what they get for living on the East Coast. That's their fault. And that's why you should. That's why you should live in the Central Time Zone. This is because you kind of get the best of both worlds in Winston County. So, no doubt. I mean, there is no more. You know, there's not a better place from a sunset standpoint mm-hmm. than, you know, between Nanoloya and Oxifator. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, Bart. Hey, look, I appreciate your time. Congrats on the broadcaster of the year. And uh, we'll spread the word, and we'll be watching a basketball game tomorrow night. Thanks, bud. Well, thanks, Matt. Do you need anything at Dollar General? I'm headed to Jackson. I can stop in and grab you something real quick. I, I could always use an extra travel pack of tooth. Paste and toothbrush, you know, like the travel kind, and some yeah. tum, some tums. Pick me up some tums. I'm, I'm in constant need of tums. <laughs> you can buy a lot of those at Dollar General. <laughs> All right, man. I'll see you. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Yeah, you know the little travel pack. You know, it's like made for vacation, but that's what I use all the time. I keep it in my book bag. See, look, I got it right here, Mike. Well, you ought to just go ahead and get you the big old, big old bottle of those see? things, man. Oh, I see. <laughs> I the keep... thing your dentist gives you when you get your teeth cleaned. It drives my wife crazy. A little plastic thing. Roger, I basically, look, I don't know why I'm this way. My wife can't stand it. But I basically live ready to go. <laughs> I have a bag packed at all times. The go bag, if you were in the military. I almost don't even believe in putting my clothes, like, in the drawers. And I've lived, we've lived in our house for going on 10 years. I'm the same way. You know, I don't have a dresser. Why do we need one? Right. I try to stay here. If you need a dresser, you got too many clothes. You can't wear all those clothes. <laughs> and for me, why would I want to leave my toothbrush and toothpaste in a shaving kit or something in the cabinet at home? I don't. I may need it right now during a commercial break. <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to get it if it's at home. Yeah, I'm kind of wishing I had one. <laughs> I'm a weirdo, I admit it. All right. Just getting started. Hour two. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. That's the sonic boom, eh? Doesn't get much better. I always wonder who's doing the singing if everybody's playing. It's going to be, you only have drums and tubas going right now. So everybody else singing. The sonic boom. It doesn't get much better than that. All right, you can be a part of the show. We're just getting started here in hour number two. Hey to everybody who's uh, streaming the show on Facebook. What comments do we have? Stoney says, I may be right. I just don't know what I might be right about because I don't remember what we talked about when he uh, sent that comment. Uh, Let's see. Jay says, I think LSU could have won the NFC East this year. (laughs) 
See, we say that, but let me give you an example. Like the Cowboys didn't even make the playoffs. The Cowboys would run that LSU team off the field. It would be the Cowboys would name their score. Joe Burrow, if he dropped back to throw the ball 25 times against the Dallas Cowboys, would get hit on about 20 of them. Well, yeah, they the LSU had about three or four NFL players, right? Yeah. Um, Dallas Cowboy, they're all in the NFL. Oh, uh, they got 53 of them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that's what I think. Oh, my goodness. Ethan, on the Facebook page, can this possibly be right? Ethan says, I just saw where the dam at Octibaha Lake is going to fail. They are thinking it might flood part of Highway 82. All right, Octibaha County Lake. Y'all know where that is. Um, I used to fish in that lake all the time in college. Caught big bass in there, big crappie in there. No joke. No joke. We used to go. TVA is reporting that. They're reporting that. No joke. We used to go fishing that lake. We'd catch big bass. And then we'd put it in the live well, keep it alive, drive back up to the football complex. The Shira field house used to be the football complex. We'd go in because they had that big scale that we could step on and weigh ourselves a digital scale. We'd put our fish on the digital scale, weigh it, and then go release it somewhere. True story. Man, I hate to hear that. So, like, if you've ever been to Octibaha County Lake, the way you drive in, the the only way to the lake, basically, where the launch is and everything, is over the levee. So that's the other thing about this, is for anybody trying to travel north, like you're traveling, you're, you're south of the lake, down towards Starkville, down 389, back towards town or anything, and you're traveling north to get to the lake, you're not going to get to the lake if that levee fails because the road goes over the levee. Man, I hate to hear that. And there are people who I believe live, you know, around the south side of that lake. Well, they've they've encouraged everybody who's on Riviera Road and Walter Bell Road to go ahead and evacuate. It's not mandatory yet, but there's a whole long list of roads that are going to be impacted uh, when this thing goes. When it goes. I mean, including, you know, Highway 389, Highway 25, Highway 82, yeah. and Highway 50. So we're, well, not, we're not just talking about, you know, county roads here. Right. Well, that's it. I mean, it's the roads leading up to it. Man, oh, man. I'm telling you, man. More water than we, literally, than we can hold. That's what we've had with all this rain and stuff. Thanks for that heads up, Ethan, on the... Uh, Facebook live stream, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Look, here is the uh, text line of the show. It's 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Mad Mail person says, Matt, I just ordered an authentic 1973 Topps Grade 5. Hank Aaron, number 44 baseball card for my seven-year-old boy's birthday. Chop on. Chop, chop. I love it, man. I mean, that's a... That's- that's an original. Yeah. You know, those baseball cards from the 70s are pretty plentiful. And even for a big-time player, I you know, you might tell me, mail, mailman, what it's worth. Um, I've got some of those 70, 75, 76-ish Hank Aaron cards. Not anything earlier. But, you know, mid-70s cards are pretty plentiful. 
Got some factory sets back in the Yeah, day. I have an uncle who I, I was so into baseball cards as a kid, like super duper into it. something that's completely gone away. Yeah, it's gone away. And all those things I collected, all those collections, you know, flip pages, I've still got those books. I had stickers all over them, you know, that would come in the packs of the cards. I've got those in my house now. And my, I have an uncle, my Uncle Jeff, that would be my mother's brother, he's younger than her. This was when I was a kid, so we're talking 25, 30 years ago, whenever it was, late 80s. Uh, he goes up in his attic and brings down these boxes of these cards from the 70s, 73, 74, 75, and a few 76 of stuff he collected, boxes of them, and says, here you go, just have them. Oh, and, wow. And and so you talk about, like, jackpot. He tricked you. 10, 11, 12-year-old me <laughs> oh, is thumbing through 1973, 74. It might as well have been 1933. It seemed like so long ago to me. It's before I was born. I didn't know. Did you they know, have those fancy cards with the foil and stuff back in the 70s? I'm trying to remember. Uh, no, but I'm trying to think if you had some. You didn't, you know, the modern. Tricked out cards. Though. Right. These were just plain old cards, you know, but they were in great shape. And and so you find some that actually at the time were worth a lot of money. Now they're worth a little money, but like you're looking for a Honus Wagner, none of those in there, <laughs> no Babe Ruths. But you got Hank Aaron in there, wow. you know Yastrzemski, Schmidt, Mike Schmidt, who was you know big time. A lot of those, uh, Brooks Robinson, all this stuff. These old cars is really really cool. Uh, yeah, and and I did a dumb thing one time. There were multiple Hank Aaron cards in there. I traded one of those Hank Aaron cards to somebody for a Jose Canseco rookie card that I was, you know, convinced that it was going to be a big deal and worth a lot of money because it was all the rage. And now I wished that I hadn't done that. That was a guy who was late to a game one time because he was with Madonna, right? That's right. He went over to see Madonna. He went over to see. Let's go see about Madonna. See about Madonna. Let's go see. She's on. Let's go Jose, see what's Jose, up. can you see? You know the Braves. <laughs> uh, the Braves had a pitcher when I was growing up named uh, Pasquale Perez. They called him Rubber Band Man because he's so skinny. But then he earned a new nickname for the Braves. They even put it on the back of a jacket, his warm-up jacket. It just said I two eighty five because he missed a game once because he got on the highway, got on I two eighty five like the like two forty or whatever or going two twenty here. Yeah, yeah two twenty, and then in Memphis is two forty, right? He got on I-285 and couldn't figure out where to go, just drove around in circles for three or four hours. Missed the game, missed the whole thing. Rubber Band Man is great. I think the same guy did Will It Go Around in Circles as Billy Preston. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Will It Go Around in Circles. Will It Go Around. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see. I was talking about the cow in the flood. Somebody said, you've ever seen Lonesome Dove? Cows crossed all those rivers from Texas to Montana. So they can swim. They're not afraid of water at all. On the um, Facebook page, I'm going to read this here. Bill Hurt on Facebook says, My brother, Coach Pete Hurt, thinks highly of you. Basketball needs a big win. Defensive coordinator, question mark. And I have an autograph collection. Name him. I got him. You need to come to our church and hear me preach. Boy, did we cover a lot of ground in that one message right there on Facebook or not? Yeah, Coach Pete Hurt, coached high school football around here for a little while. Uh, coached in college. Uh, he was at Samford for a little while. I think he was on the staff at Samford the year that Chan Gailey was the head coach, who became the Dallas Cowboys coach. That was back in the 90s. I saw Coach Hurt two years ago. He was uh, an assistant for Horn Lake 
two years ago when they won. They beat Olive Branch, not Olive Branch. They beat Oak Grove for the 6A state championship two years ago in Hattiesburg. Got to see Coach Hurt. Hadn't seen him in a long time. All right, so a ton of text to get to next. We'll do that. And, of course, time to get your phone calls in here on a Tuesday in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Now, what made you think of that song, Roger? Because that's what we do on this show is we just go around in circles. The guy that got on the loop and he couldn't get off. That's great. Pasquale Perez, this goes out to you. I think we lost Pasquale a few years ago, several years ago, in fact. All right. Hit me up on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone line. It is 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. I think he um, was the fifth Beatle, Billy Preston, by the way. Oh, was he? Yeah, he played a lot of the keyboard. Oh, okay. Yeah. He really was. I think that last concert on the roof at uh-huh. Abbey Road. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, let's see. If I'm wrong on that, I'm going to get blasted on the text line, I tell you. Someone, uh, her name is Shay O'Connor, morning news anchor, weekday news reporter, WJTV, Mm -hmm. tweeted out, water rescues taking place at Camelot Apartments as we speak, following rising waters in the Jackson area. I think that's down in South Jackson. I don't know, but there it is. Jason sent that to my Twitter feed. He said, show this to Roger. So it's on there. Jason sent it to me at Radio Wyatt if you all want to see it. Here's more from Jason. At least 112 homes across 17,000 acres of land are in danger of flooding if the levee at Octibau County Lake fails. The levee has been seeking federal funds recently to replace it. And it does not look like they got it replaced. Um, So if it fails, oh boy. Oh boy. All right, let's see here. Research says don't turn your hat around. It decreases your IQ by 15 points. That's what CORE said on the text line. Now, for anybody watching or wondering, again, I'll say this. The reason my hat's around backward is because the way this microphone comes in from from up high, the bill of my cap keeps bumping this thing. I cannot wear my hat. I guess I could take it off, but that's why it's on backwards. Although... I like wearing my hat backwards. Bulldog Bo in Memphis says, have Hale State Golf Course put on fashion show with Chicken Hawk on a runway modeling the hats and shirts. I think that is a fantastic idea. Would it sell them? I don't know. Would it get a lot of attention on social media? Sure it would. <laughs> sure. 
here's a text that wants to know where Cumbus plays on the baseball team. Well, you know, last year he was an outfielder. Um, so that's where he'll be. He'll have a chance to, to be in the outfield this year. Now, Jay in Baltimore says, I was watching the game last night with my daughter, and she posed a question that I did not have an answer for. We all know when a player gets suspended for targeting, he must leave the field, and they are they allowed to return to the sidelines once they change out of uniform? If not, why not? They make it feel like the kid is a criminal ridiculous. And, Jay, what I would say is, you know, I get it. The rule is the rule. They have put the rule in the way they did. But number 47 for Clemson, maybe they should have been penalized 15 yards. But for what he did, he shouldn't be ejected from the ballgame. It is a joke that we have an, a targeting rule like that that can be enforced like that when he doesn't hit the head of the other player where he could be ejected from the game. Okay, you're going, well, Matt, are you expecting the officials to look at replay and then determine the intent of some? Yeah. Yeah, do it. Before you just throw the kid out of the national championship game. How many how many national championship games is he going to play in? I know he plays at Clemson. But still, theoretically, how many? Right? We're going to throw him out because he's trying to make a tackle. So the intent, there's nothing wrong with his intent. There's something wrong with his technique. Well, then why is it different than other penalties? Other penalties, you penalize the team, you back them up, you move the ball up and down the field, you penalize the game, but you don't send the player to the locker room. Okay, we send him to the locker room if he goes and punches a guy in the nose. Okay, well, then the intent is pretty clear, right? But this deal last night, he's trying to make a tackle. He didn't hit target the head of the other player. So tell me why in 2020 we can't, now amend our targeting rule to say lowering the crown of the helmet into another player targeting but that carries a 15 yard penalty lowering the crown of the helmet or targeting the head or neck area of a defenseless receiver that carries an ejection at least amend it But the fact that we can't get that stuff right already by now drives me crazy. It's one of the things that's wrong with college football. The fact that 47 had to get get run out of the game last night for Clemson on that particular play ruined the game for me. No, I wouldn't pull him for Clemson. I don't care either way. It's just a big, fat joke. It ruins it. The fact that the game goes four and a half hours to midnight, it's a big, fat joke. There's no reason for it. There's just no way that ought to be happening. We want the money, we want the money, we want the money. That's what it's all about. Commercials, advertising, lead up. Just like I told you yesterday, ESPN puts on here 7 o'clock. When did the game kick off? 19 minutes after 7. And we're out here you know, telling us, you want me to really believe, you want me, decision makers, you would like for me to really believe that you give a rat's about speeding up the game. Yet, commercials are the same, if not more. And we put a start time at 7 and we kick off at 7.19. You do not care. You want the money. You want the money. You want the money. All the leaders in all of college sports, from the NCAA level to the presence, to anybody making decisions, you know what you're like? You are like, in the movie Vegas Vacation at the end, when the family was down and out and all they had was $2 to go buy some bingo ticket or whatever the heck it was, 
And this guy next to him wins it right before he dies of a heart attack. And right before he dies, he can't. He's so excited. He says, the money is mine. I won the money. I won the money. That's you. I want the money. How many of those and 19 minutes? You've got the money. Yeah, well, I mean, it's ads all over the place. And look, you want the money. You know what else you want? The money on the targeting deal. What are you talking about, Matt? Well, why do we have targeting in the first place? Because you're worried about lawsuits. The future of the game and all that kind of stuff. It ain't about player safety. Don't tell me that. It's about player safety as it relates to still getting to have football and cash in on conference championship games and not have to cash in on lawsuits and stuff. Well, we're doing the best we can. We've got a targeting rule. We're running the kid out of the game. You don't care about him. If you did, you would amend this rule. You'd amend it. You're telling me, I mean, on this, all this other stuff, we're, we're going to determine intent on all this other stuff. A guy jumps over the center to block a field goal. It's a flag. His intention was to use the center as a step stool. Maybe he was just jumping and jump forward instead of backwards. Okay, so we're already legislating intent in a lot of our rules. So you're telling me with this targeting deal that you can't look at it and tell that last night he's trying to make a tackle. Yeah, he lowered his head. It's not good. But he did not lower his head into the head or neck area of the other player. You're penalizing him because he lowered his head. So the intent's fine. Penalize him. It's targeting. But don't run him out of the stadium. Now, if it's a defenseless receiver, okay, like, for instance, the LSU player who lowered his shoulder into the back between the shoulder blades of a defenseless receiver who's off the ground. Oh, but because he used his shoulder, it's fine. Well, the hit that was delivered was much more dangerous, much more vicious, much more potentially injury-causing than anything this kid did for Clemson. Yet the other one's not a penalty. See, we're so rigid in how we look at the targeting penalties. All I'm asking you to do is be flexible and do what's best for everybody. And that is, in, in that particular case, say, if you lower your head, we want to keep you from doing this. If you lower your head like that and we think it's targeting, in, but it's not into the head or neck area, targeting the head or neck of the other guy, We'll call targeting and penalize you 15 yards. We're not throwing you out of the game for that. If it's clear your intent was to make a tackle. Now, if it's a defenseless receiver, he's here, and you go in like this and catch him right in the ear hole or right in the back of the head or the neck, targeting, and you're gone. Okay. I'm was, okay with that. How did was Chucky Mullen injured? Was it something similar to what you're – He's going right into the back of a Vanderbilt tight end. He, you know, Vanderbilt tight ends up in the air. Catching a pass feeder off the ground, he goes into him to hit him. So it's, they, it's, it's really also for the protection of the guy doing the hitting almost. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah. that's the spirit of the rule is we're going to protect both. Okay. We're going to protect you by punishing you. Well, that's fine. Look, I get it. Yeah. You got to show me you're serious about legislating things out of the game. But that's one thing you can't do is when intent is there and he doesn't even really, he only puts himself in danger. Not the other guy. So we're going to throw him out for putting himself in danger and not the other guy. It makes no sense. And it's just, again, to me, how can all these people that are smart and well-intentioned do such dumb stuff sometimes and have such poor, dumb rules? It frustrates me. If they just listen to me, all the world would be okay with it. 
that's after earlier in the show. I said, I don't know the answer, and I don't have the answers. And John said, oh, really? Surprise, surprise. Thanks a lot, John. That'll wrap it up for today. For Roger, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. See you. You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.